Welcome to Girls Gone Hallmark, a Hallmark Review Podcast. I'm Megan, and I'm a longtime Hallmark movie fan. I'm Wendy. I'm your former Hallmark hater. Today we're discussing Round and Round, part of Hallmark's Countdown to Christmas series. You may notice that we're continuing to drop episodes even after the conclusion of the series, and we're glad you're here. We would also love to see you elsewhere. You can find us outside the podcast on Instagram. We have two accounts. One is Girls Gone Hallmark. One is Megan and Wendy. Come on over to our Girls Gone Hallmark Facebook group. Lots of discussion about movies and actors and things happening in the Hallmark world. It's a nice group, Girls Gone Hallmark on Facebook. That is right. Wendy, why don't you hit us with a synopsis? I will. Rachel's stuck in a time loop, reliving the night of her parents' Hanukkah party. Can Zach, the nice boy Grandma's trying to set her up with, help her make it to tomorrow? Time for news and notes. This movie was written by Tamar Lady. Tamar has just seven previous writing credits. She wrote Crashing Through the Snow for Hallmark back in 2021, as well as a handful of episodes for Pretty Little Liars, Heart of Dixie, and General Hospital Night Shift. Do you remember when General Hospital had that, like, night Prime shift series? series? No, yeah. I, I don't, do not. I remember seeing commercials for it. I didn't watch it, but I can't mm. remember how long it was on for. Anyway, Stacey N. Harding directed this movie. She has 12 directing credits, including <gasps> Amish Stud, which we talked about. <laughs> I, I laugh writing. every time I laugh every time I think of this like title Amish stud and I just think of Luke McFarlane who is a real stud you know what I mean anyway uh Amish stud the Eli Weaver story which was for Lifetime for Hallmark Stacy has directed Hearts in the Game Love Classified Christmas Sale and one of the Mystery 101 movies additionally she's worked on Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist, one of Megan's favorites. I do enjoy that show. I know. She was also first assistant director for the reboot of Charmed and Unreal. Nice. Okay, so I have an update that is not in the news and notes that you see, Megan. Just on my personal. I DM Stacy because I was like, I need to know if this movie was actually for Hallmark or was it presented for a bigger streaming service like Netflix or Uh Amazon Prime or whatever. And she replied back so nicely and was very sweet. And she said, this was indeed a Hallmark project. And the EP is somebody, the executive producer, someone who she collaborated with last year for Love Classified, a movie we loved, Uh right? And next year's holidays which will be a particularly fun launch for the network and i was like i'm so glad you said something about holidays because we thought it was going to be this year so it's happy i'm happy to hear it's still forthcoming yeah but i think it's been in post-production now for some time it was announced last year so i don't know when the actual filming took place but it it's i think pretty unusual for them to announce a project project that far out without even a release date attached mm-hmm. so i'm glad to know it's still happening it hasn't been shelved it's not dead in the water somewhere that's right hallmark purgatory yeah so i mean it's still coming and 
it's so crazy to see like this season in particular, we've seen so many actors attached to that project. So I'm like, where is it? When is it coming? Mm -hmm, What is mm -hmm. it about? I don't even know what it's about. I'll tell you. It's a series. It follows five families in Oak Bay, Oregon, who live on the same cul-de-sac as they deal with the joys and stress of coming home for the holidays. I mean, that's So are we going to get one episode every weekend of Countdown to Christmas? I think that's brilliant, to be honest. I can't wait to hear how it's going to drop. Okay. Me too. I'm excited. Maybe we'll see it on our Hallmark Cruise next year. <gasps> we do get a, a premiere of some movie to be I know. So and I exciting. already picked our seats in the theater. I'm so excited. Round and Round was filmed east of Vancouver, British Columbia in a town called Maple Ridge, filmed from March through May 2023, according to Heavy.com. Okay. I also wanted to note, as I was putting these notes together, I was convinced that this was not a Hallmark movie, and this was one of my first clues why. Even though now we know it was a Hallmark movie, like it was made for Hallmark, because you got a project filming from March to May? Mmm. That's a long time. There's no way they were consistently filming for two months. They couldn't have been. And maybe Heavy.com has inaccurate information here. Michaelis, she plays Rachel. She has 24 acting credits, which include a lot of shorts and videos, but has also been in episodes of Bless This Mess, Upload, the reboot of Charmed, and a sketch comedy series called College Humor Originals. Brian Greenberg plays Zach. He's probably best known for his role as Jake on One Tree Hill. But his other 47 acting credits include ABC's October Road, How to Make It in America on HBO, The Mindy Project, Bride Wars, Friends with Benefits, and Prime, one of Wendy's favorite movies. Upcoming for Brian is a thriller he wrote, directed, and starred in called Junction, which also stars his wife, Jamie Chung, and former One Tree Hill star, Sophia Bush. Um, I don't know what Prime ever... is. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. It's him and Uma Thurman, and it's a very, like, Mrs. Robinson-type relationship because she's older than him, and Meryl Streep is in it. He, She plays his mom, and she's a therapist. It's great. It's so great. Oh. I love it. I just love it so much. Um, And Jamie Chung, do you know who this is? Shout out to uh, MTV Total. I was going to, that's what I was going to say. It was on The Real World. Was she? Yes. Yeah, that sounds right. 2004, The Real World San Diego. And And then on an episode of The Challenge. And then did she get hired? Hired for TRL? I swear she was on TRL as Um, like a correspondent or something. I don't think so, because I'm already in... Oh, she was in Once Upon a Time. She played Mulan. (laughs) Rick Hoffman plays Rachel's dad, Stan. Hoffman has been in a lot. He has 65 acting credits, including Billions, 134 episodes of Suits, Ballers, Samantha Who, and so many more. He's like one of those faces that you just recognize from TV. I love him. And I loved him as Lewis Litt in Suits. And I'd like to point out, people are watching that show now. It's got a new life. I think it's on Netflix now. And it was used to be on, it was on USA. USA. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I watched it when it was on television week to week <laughs> because Meghan Markle starred in it. So it has like a renewed audience and everyone's uh-huh. like, oh, look at this show. And I'm like, it's old news, but it's a great show. Maybe I should watch it. You Would might I like, like it. it? 
You might like it. Okay. David Attar plays terrible boyfriend Adam. Now, David might be the only actor who has previously been in a Hallmark movie. We've seen him in Guiding Emily, Field Day, Unexpected Grace. Does he play the ex-husband in Unexpected Grace? I can't recall, but possibly. Yeah, I liked that relationship. A Fabled Holiday, Autumn in the City, and Nika and Nora, Sister Sleuths. Paula Shaw plays Grandma Rosie. She has 89 other acting credits, many Hallmark movies, so... David Attar isn't our only Hallmark vet here. Uh, We've seen her in Hanukkah on Rye, Wedding of a Lifetime, The Wedding Veil Legacy, and It Was Always You, among others. So this was another thing. I was like, our three, like, main stars have never been in a Hallmark movie before. Mm Mm-hmm. So that's why I was like, this is definitely not a Hallmark movie, but I stand corrected. It was. At the time of this Recording Round and Round did rank 26 in ratings for Countdown to Christmas premieres with 1.54 million live viewers. Gotta say, I find that 0% surprising given that it's a Hanukkah movie and I hope it gets a second life for reasons we will discuss now. Go ahead. Tell me what you like. Oh, no, no. It's first impressions. My first impression is turns out the best Hallmark Christmas movie isn't a Christmas movie at all. Oh, my God. I'm so glad we're on the same page. Mine is any movie that starts with an iconic 80s song that gets my attention. And with that said, this maybe might be my favorite movie of the season. Mm -hmm. Let's talk what we liked. Okay, you go first. Well, this was an ambitious story. Doing a time loop, I think, could go either way. And I loved the execution of it. And one of the things I liked is the pacing was so nice. And even though she's revisiting the same scenes over and over again, it was done with a fresh take every time. We did get the that first round of her reactions to everything happening. But then as it went forward, every day was a little bit different from the viewer's perspective. Yep. It kept you engaged. And then you got this merry band of nerds that came in to help her crack the case. I thought the execution was excellent. I agree. My liked is literally almost word for word what you just said. Um, I... Loved this movie. First, because it was nothing like I expected it to be. It was fast-paced. It was full of quippy dialogue. It had tons of retro pop culture references. Lots of jokes. It was very well written. I just loved it. And even though the time loop trope is familiar, which I don't usually love because Mm. I'm like, oops, sci-fi, I'm out. I just love the way it was done here. Like... Like you said, we we see her go through the full day, and then it kind of skips ahead, like it fast-forwards a few days, you know, mm. and then still plays out every day, but just a little twist that's slightly different. I just loved it. And I have to tell you, skip ahead because I'm going to give a spoiler if you don't want to be spoiled. So skip, skip, skip. I love the twist at the end that the dreidel had been used time and a time again to match up the couple's. I love that so much. And that her dad, who in my notes, I called him Lewis Lit. I wrote Lewis Lit knew in all caps because we knew we were getting hints that grandma knew it was going on. Mm -hmm. But we didn't know that everybody else knew. And I loved that surprise twist. Yeah, I thought it was so good. So, so good. 
What else did you like? Like you said, the writing's hilarious. There are so many funny one-liner and quips in this movie. Terms like Hanukkah super spreader. (laughs) Zach calls the dirt on the donuts trail spice. He says you need to be more dork positive. (laughs) They use the phrase, you need to stay in your own dance space, which is a dirty dancing line, which I say constantly. When they make her do the time warp. Oh, my. I laughed so hard. It's so funny. It is so funny, this movie. Yeah, it's it's so clever. It's really clever. And the whole, like, I'm Andy McDowell or are you Bill Murray? <laughs> like, it, it, and it just is so funny because Andy McDowell is on the Hallmark Channel. Yes. You know what I mean? I just loved it. I loved it. I thought both leads were fantastic. Brian and Vic. She, earlier she goes by Victoria, but she has changed her name to Vic McAllis. Not changed it, but shortened it. I thought they were fantastic together. Tons of chemistry. They were spectacular together, but then also great in their own right. I thought, in fact, I thought the entire cast as a whole was excellent. Mm-hmm. The sister and her partner, the guys from the comic book store, the grandma, the cousin with the Madonna accent. Oh, my gosh. When she switches back to her Jersey oh. accent, it's one of the best moments in the whole movie for me. I agree. I agree. And then even the customer in the donut shop who's in line with her. Yes, Millie. Loved it. <laughs> loved it. You know, to bottom. I, I think that's such a nice point because they do a nice job of tying all of these threads together in a way. It's not just like the cousin with her Madonna accent isn't just a punchline. She ends up being the one who helps to get Rachel her break. She helps find her mm-hmm. agent. And then Mildred knows the grandmother and they all come together and this is the kind of movie you need a murder board for, where they're like, how do all of these people tie in together? How do we make this work? A little bit, but it wasn't confusing. It wasn't confusing, but there were no loose threads. It wasn't just like Mildred in the donut shop was a punchline. Yeah. Everyone came together in the end. Yeah. Yeah. Are Are you ready for what you wished? I am. Go ahead. This is somewhat similar to what you said earlier. Hallmark puts out 40-plus Christmas movies, which is more than enough. And I think the network needs more than one token Hanukkah movie. Especially because now we're kind of at the end of the countdown to Christmas season. Like you said, how does the one non-Christmas movie end up being the best of the bunch? Yeah. I just think... Like, part of me was, like, trying to figure this out. I was like, this movie really wasn't about Hanukkah. Yes, there was tons of, like, it was, they were at a Hanukkah party, and there was a lot of elements of, like, traditions done during Hanukkah, right? Mm-hmm. But it was a time loop movie. Like, they could have put it anywhere. It could have been in any background. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's just that the Hanukkah representation is nice, and it's fresh, and... It could have been a Christmas movie, and it would have been fine, and I probably would have loved it. But I think it might not have been so special if they're like, here is our heirloom ornament, and the ornament (laughs) is what launches the time loop, right? Like you said, we have 39 other movies that heavily feature ornaments and garland and stocking and hot chocolate and all of that. And so – Yeah, and – And my point is, like, we have these stories that are set in Christmas. We could have taken any story from any of the 39 other movies and made it a Hanukkah movie is what I'm trying to I agree. Yes, I agree. I just, it kind of makes me mad that there's only one. Yes. And I, and 
It's funny because I love this movie so much. And I think back of last year, Hanukkah on Rye was also a standout movie to me. And I just feel like it's not getting enough promotion. That's my other wish. This movie came out of nowhere, right? There was like not really any heavy promotion for it. Nothing. And it's like, you know, they build up a lot of these other movies and they don't turn out to be so great. This movie just was like, it just was so good. So great. It's been written up in other publications as being the best and also possibly most non-Hallmark movie. You know, your comment about this could have been a Netflix movie, right? You add in some swearing and light nudity and boom, (laughs) like it's a hit on Netflix. Well, even uh, Brian Greenberg had a line at what he almost says ass. Like he, Mm. but then he's like, I got knocked on my tookus. So yes, you're right. That's why I I swear, I was like, this is definitely a movie for Netflix. Like it was so out of the Hallmark box to me. And it felt like higher budget. They had like 80s-ish music. There was, you know, I'll Melt With You is obviously like a big song, but like all the other music that was played in had like real 80s vibes. Right. Well, my wish is a very trivial one. And it's simply, I wish Rachel would have changed clothes. (laughs) Why? (laughs) Because she wears the same outfit every day during her time loop, which I don't think is necessary. She knows she's in a time loop. Yeah. Isn't she tired of putting on the same cardigan every single day? Everyone else has to be in the same clothes. And for continuity, certainly makes it much easier to edit this together with her in the same clothes. But I thought that might have been fun. She's like, I'm not wearing that again today. (laughs) Are you ready to move on to Did You See That? Sure. I have two. Okay. The first one is, the day that was repeating was December 13th, which is also Taylor Swift's birthday. No, <laughs> which means nothing means about nothing, nothing, but it means nothing. But when I saw it, I was like, December 13th. How interesting that they would use December 13th. I mean, unless that was the actual I, seventh night of Hanukkah this year. It probably was. And yes. I just don't I don't know those details. But yes. yes. What do you have? Because my next did you see that is kind of you're going to have to bear with me while I get through it. OK, well, I have a couple. First of all. They use these, like, title cards in these movies as they're bumping to commercial. Like, this movie was brought to you by. And it's been the same title card for every movie. It has their, like, pink and green and red candy logo on it with, like, candy canes and stripes. Yeah. And for this movie, it was blue and yellow and white with a jelly donut on it. Oh. And I thought, nice job, guys. Changing up the cards for this one movie. I thought that was the Chirons that slide in across the bottom that are promoting every other movie are still their classic Christmas colors, however. Mm -hmm. But your work did not go unnoticed. Yeah. I have a did you see that from IMDb? Yeah, tell me. Says the bar they go to when they're hunting down her bad boyfriend is supposed to be in Tribeca. But then they show where it's located, which is on West 45th Street, which, according to this commenter, is more of a hell's kitchen, nowhere close to Tribeca. Oh, interesting. And you want me to just finish up my last one? Sure. Rick Hoffman, as dad, makes an Uncle Harvey comment, which might have been coincidental, but you can't convince me that that's not a nod to Harvey Specter, the lead role in the show suits who is his like nemesis but also someone he really wants to be loved by in the show they they're lawyers together 
Interesting. Mm-mm. Very interesting. Very interesting. Okay, so here, just... I'm ready Bear to go for me. a ride. <laughs> Bear with me here a second. Okay, so the top of the movie, we hear Rachel. She's talking about how her parents meet, right? Yes. And it was a long night, and they cross the Brooklyn Bridge, and they spend the whole night at Goldberg's Bake Shop. So they go from, like, the club that the mom's DJing at. She's narrating this, right? They go to the from the club. They show uh, New York City skyline from the vantage point of the Brooklyn Bridge. And then they show them in the bakeries. So we are to think that skyline photo should be of the 80s, right? Oh. Hear me out. All right. So it took me on a little bit of a deep dive because at first I was looking for like the Twin Towers. Sure. And I didn't see them. So I was like, okay, well, I don't know New York geography that well. So I was like, I don't know where the Brooklyn Bridge is. Can you see... The former Twin Towers or the new, like, One World Trade Center tower from the Brooklyn Bridge. Mm. So I looked up all these pictures on Google. I'm telling you, it was a deep dive. (laughs) And I figured out that from the vantage point, the Twin Towers or the current World Trade Center would have been left a frame So we wouldn't have seen it. And I thought, okay, that was probably purposeful. That dates it, right? Yes. Okay. Hear me out. Then I see the Verizon building. The Verizon building is like at the foot of the Brooklyn Bridge. And so the Verizon building used to be home to the New York Telephone and Bell Atlantic. But in 2022, they replaced the signage to Verizon. My point is the B-roll is not from the 80s. That's my point. It's just, that's all. That's It took a long way to get there. I know. I was my, I had set out looking for like the Twin Towers, but then I had really zeroed in on the Verizon building and had learned that people really hate that Verizon building, apparently. Oh. It's like architecturally not pleasing to look at. So they hate it. Who knew? I'm glad that paid off for you in the end. Okay. I'm sorry I did it for you. Oh, it did for me. I'm just saying you went looking for one thing. It wasn't there, but then you were able to find something else that proved your point. Yes. Yes. I'm not knocking the research. Okay. What did you rate this movie? Five stars. Totally. Me too. Easy. You know, it's funny, though. The only other five-star movie I gave was Biltmore. Me too. And two totally different movies, right? And the way that I'm thinking is because we are going to launch our best movie bracket. And I'm like, how do you, like, there are two different movies. How do you pick? There can be only one. I agree, though. It is hard to pick. And if you were to ask me to pick my favorite of the season, it would be hard because they're very different movies. Mm -hmm. This was the best comedy of the season, but Biltmore was the best romance of the season. Yeah. Interesting. Both are time travel y, time loopy movies. Is wrong with me? <laughs> Maybe I do Who like sci-fi. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, there's no DeLorean. Yeah, man. But those nerds at the comic shop are giving it. Them. They I were loved so them good. so much when they read her book and start taking notes on it, and they're all in on this project. I loved them. I know it was great. So great. Hey, we love you guys. Thank you for listening to this episode of Girls Gone Hallmark. 
We have one more week of movie reviews. Come back next week where we have a throwback revisited movie as well as the final countdown to Christmas movie from us for this season. Before you go, we love your five-star ratings and reviews and hop into our Facebook group to chat movies over your holiday break. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Are you tired of waiting for sparks to fly on your dating app? Do you dream of running through airports to deliver an out-of-breath, unplanned monologue? Then stop doom-scrolling and start listening to Meet Cute Rom-Coms, feel-good love stories that take you from chance encounter to grand romantic gesture in just 15 minutes. We're bringing rom-coms back. Get a brand new Meet Cute series on the first Tuesday of every month, with new episodes twice a week. Fall in love with Meet Cute Rom-Coms, wherever you find your podcasts. Is this where we kiss.